Well, we've long bemoaned the state of education on this show and the falling standards of what once was the envy of the world, the United States public uh, education system. People used to come from around the planet to see an entire citizenry with something like 98% literally educated at, at public expense and coming out with the best educations in the world. We certainly don't live in that world anymore. It's certainly gotten worse, and we have a handle now on, on how much worse it's gotten. Well, hi, everybody. I'm Bill Whittle here with Steve Green and Scott Ott. Uh, a number of years ago, guys, I did a, um, a firewall um, uh, called The Most Shameful Injustice, and it was, it was talking about how it, Baltimore was one of many cities, how, how this constant one-party rule, and we'll just leave it up to your imagination which party it is, in a city will end up causing so much corruption that, that education becomes... Uh, it's it's at the bottom of the list. One example we used in that video, which was from at least five or six years ago, was one of these education commissioners for the city of, uh, it was either Detroit or Baltimore, had ordered himself for his for his department um, two identical brand new um, Lincoln Navigators, it's a top of the line SUVs, in black with black leather. And when his arrived, it didn't have black leather, it had gray leather. So he sent that back and had them do a rush job, which cost another tens of thousands of dollars to have the upholstery replaced back into the black leather that he asked for. And this is a public school official. Um, guys, I'm looking at an article linked to uh, by Instapundit here uh, in the New York Post talking about the latest uh, results from some testing that was done in the city of Baltimore. So, uh, Scott, let me start with you. In the Baltimore uh, school system, public school system in Baltimore, one of the terms they're using is educational homicide. 40% of Baltimore high school students failed math proficiency exam, but here's an, here's an interesting statistic for you. In 13 of Baltimore's high schools, 13, that's not the total number, but in 13 of the total number, zero students were proficient in mathematics. In the course of 13 entire schools, not just classes, 13 entire schools, there was not one student who was proficient in math at, that, at their appropriate uh, grade level. What could possibly go wrong? You know, it's interesting because they often make the argument that federal funding is so crucial for uh, public schools because uh, the, some of these poor neighborhoods that have these schools can't possibly fund the educational process at the level that they need to. They can't buy the supplies. They can't have the buildings. They can't do the maintenance. They can't hire the teachers uh, to come into those places and do that. But we never take into account that even in tough areas of cities like Detroit or Baltimore, that's not the only area in that city. There are very nice areas of Baltimore or Detroit. In fact, if the city were actually being governed uh, by Democrats and believing that the spread the wealth around idea is appropriate, then they could spread the wealth around that city and make sure that it was evenly distributed so that the poor neighborhoods got an equal share of it with the rich neighborhoods on a per student basis, for example. Um, so I don't buy this argument that, you know, it's just that it's endemic to impoverished uh, neighborhoods that they're going to have bad education unless the federal government comes in and bails them out. Um, it, it's, it's 
unbelievable to me. I mean, we did an episode a couple of weeks ago about Mississippi and how it's uh, starting to turn yes. things around when and it comes- and how hopeful that was, absolutely. Yes, to, the, to the National Educational Assessment, um, Assessment of Educational Progress test and that reading scores are picking up. Um, and I made the argument at the end of that episode that I think literacy is the key and that if you focused on if you didn't have the money to focus on everything, if you focused on that one thing, just creating a literate student body, that you would give them the tools that they needed to be successful as they advance through the educational process, and they could learn everything else if you just teach them to read. And then you right. see these schools where they're, you know, complaining, oh, we don't have the resources to do this and that. And the other thing is like, you can teach them to read. Get a book, sit down with them, and show them the words. Move Chalk and slate under an apple tree. We'll yes. do it. Yes. So it can be done. Uh, it's it's people have been learning to read before the technology existed, before the buildings existed, before professional educators existed. All of this stuff before you could get a master's degree in education, people were learning to read. And in many cases, if you read some of the the writings of our founders and framers of this country, you'll see they read and wrote at a much higher level than we are now capable of. So, so there's no excuse for that. And, and the politicians who are running this operation should be, uh, A, hanging their heads in shame and B, ejected from office at the next available opportunity. I will throw in that I read uh, an article for, about a new study that the Washington Post has done in conjunction with another organization. And this is a little hopeful antidote, perhaps, to some of what you're seeing there. As a result of the COVID pandemic, a lot of people uh, had their kids come home, and so they wound up doing, in many cases, some form of homeschooling. Well, that's stuck for a lot of people, and they're starting to see a whole new wave of homeschoolers. Now, the way the article was positioning it was that there's a decrease in the percentage of conservative Christian families homeschooling, and there's a decrease in the percentage of Republicans homeschooling. That's not what's happening. What's happening is a broad embrace of the idea of educating your own child. So, of course, it waters down the pioneers who typically come from a values-based approach to things. And we have more and more families who are saying, you know what? Uh, for whatever reason, whether it's the values of the school system, the danger of going to a public school, uh, not only for my kid's going to get beat up, but he might get shot, um, to what whatever your reason is, if you can do it at home, do it at home. And it's almost, especially in these neighborhoods, you're almost guaranteed to get a better result than they're producing for your kids there. Well, I'd like a quick follow-up with you, Scott, because you said a lot of people say there's just not enough money in the system. When I did that video, I think it was at least six, no, it was longer than that. It was seven or eight years ago, at least. Um, the number at that time was that the Baltimore city, uh, that, that, that the school district in Baltimore, the, the amount of money they were spending per student was $15,200 each per year. So you're right, there's probably not enough money in the system. But Scott, just to follow up on your question about not enough funding, I think you can make a pretty good case here that in, in the article, Here's a photograph of the um, public city school head for uh, for Baltimore, public city. Her name is uh, Sonia Santelisis, I want to say. Um, and and I think, you know, this, this poor woman is only making $445,000 hmm. a year. 
Well, and I, as you know, when I made that comment, I was basically take coming around to the other side of the table and saying, if you're going to make the argument that the problem is funding, of course, of course, I know you, you're playing. You have advocate, it in your hands to solve that problem, but in reality, I mean, I know fifteen thousand dollars is not going to get you into the finer private schools these days, but that's a decent tuition fee for an annual education for a kid in this country, and if they are spending your taxpayer dollars essentially to pay fifteen thousand tuition to get that kid an education, that kid ought to get an education. Uh, which brings us to the next, next question, Steve. Uh, I maintain, Scott maintains, and I suppose you maintain, that for $15,000 per student per year, you could probably provide a pretty good education for that amount of money. Yeah, which, by the way, we is spend the highest in the country, which our country spends more per pupil than almost any other country in the world. Three times higher than, than the next country in the world, and our, and our performance continues to fall. Um, so uh, let me just give you uh, some numbers about, about this because it's, it, it's actually worse than it sounds. Um, so here's the, some statistics from the New York Post article. Total number of students that they tested was 809 students. Of the 809 students that they tested, 92 of them were proficient in mathematics. Hmm. They weren't excelling in mathematics. Proficient. They weren't in they advanced placement in mathematics. They were where they were supposed to be for their grade in mathematics. That comes to 11.4% of all of the students who were proficient in math. But this is an important distinction. When you break down the statistics and how it comes out, these proficiency scores were graded on a scale of one to four. One, one is the minimum. There is no zero. So it's either one, two, three, or four. So nine, four is proficient. So 11% of the students in Baltimore got the four. And you would think that the remaining scores would be more or less distributed between three twos and ones, but they're not. They're either fours or they're ones. Yeah. That's how it works. There are either, they're either kids who are, who are, proficient They're in math in the or there are kids or there are kids who are so far beyond the limits that they might as well not even be in school at all and for $15,000 a student per year Steve you would think somebody could make a business plan where they could put together a plan to rent a building someplace take that $15,000 per student give them a pretty good education and make a fairly decent profit and hire some good teachers as well and now we come to the politics of it because that is essentially what a voucher school is and we are not going to allow that to happen by law the democrats that cause this economic crisis have prevented by law market forces from coming in and filling this obvious need and so the people who talk so much about how they love inner city uh, uh blacks inner city uh, residents poor people are preventing them from getting any they're not only not providing an education they're preventing them from getting an education through their legislation um yeah i want to talk about this uh i'll get to the politics in a moment first i want to talk about this fifteen thousand dollars per student because it's, it's actually a myth um, I was lucky enough from uh, seventh grade on, sixth grade on to go to uh, to private schools, and those schools are lean and mean. Um, you know, yeah, you're paying tuition, but the dollars are all right there in the school. It's, there's there's not a whole lot of overhead in these places, at least not the the three that I was lucky enough to go to. Overhead, yep. yes. So, yeah. uh, give me a, give me another example before I get to the the point about the schools. Um, We've had an explosion in this country since the 1960s in in healthcare expenses. Just goes the charts astronomical, um, 
and it's not going to doctors. If you look at the, the number of doctors per thousands of Americans, it's a little wiggly line at the bottom of the chart. It's like, I, I want to say it's between five and six doctors per thousands of Americans. And it, it, stays, it stays steady right there. If you look at a chart of the number of administrators, administrators, yep. it's the same thing with these schools. The $15,000, yeah, we're spending it per student. Not going to the students. It's not going to the teachers because the number of teachers per classroom is it's a little higher than the thousands per uh, doctors per thousands of people. But yeah, it's 15, 20, 25, whatever the hell it is. But it's, it's, it's pretty steady. If you look at the number of administrators, yeah. that's that's your fifteen thousand dollars right there. The number of dollars right. actually going to the to the classroom per student. That's right. I I. I'd be surprised if it was if it was fifteen percent of that fifteen thousand dollars. That's a great point because it's not fifteen thousand dollars per student. It's amount of money put into the Baltimore system divided by the number of students, but doesn't account for administrators and all the rest. Yeah, exactly. Some, if somebody came to you, Steve, and said, I, "I'll give you three hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars if you can take these twenty-five kids and during the next year educate them up to the next grade level," could you do it for three hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars? I because that's what fifteen times. 25 is I would work my ass off to make it happen because I'd want to do the same thing again next year and make that that $375,000 you better believe it but that's not how it works these these schools just like hospital administrations Medicare administration all the paperwork all the DEI training and all all the all the other make work and expenses and all the rest none of that is going to the kids And and even if it were we've got the administrators clearly don't care about education because they're not educating. The teachers are helpless, and you've got uh, uh, so many families without dads to crack the whip and say you're going to school and get an education. Which, by the way, I've got uh, I've got two kids, uh, almost eighteen and just turned thirteen, which means I have now spent a combined almost thirty one years cracking that whip and trying to make them learn. Uh, so we need dads and we need educators and we need to cut the fat out of this system because that's what everybody's choking on. I bet you wish you had $15,000 per kid per year for the number of years that you cracked the whip and told them that education was important. That'd be a handy little deposit to make. I've been doing this pro bono. I'm an idiot. (laughs) So folks, I look at this and I see a hardware problem and a software problem. The hardware problem is, is the, the way this is structured, there's no other word for it. It's scam. It's, it's fraud. It's fraud. When the person responsible for educating the children of Baltimore, and we've seen the statistics, makes $445,000 a year, any sensible, reasonable, rational person will say to themselves, if I forget about administrative costs, if I gave you her salary, I gave you $445,000. How many children do you think you could provide proficiency in mathematics for? And I'm going to guess the number is hundreds, if not maybe even thousands, right? So, so, so from a hardware point of view, it is, it is absolutely nothing more than fraud. It is a way for Democratic politicians to get paid by the states and the states get these people elected because of the unions and the teachers union and Los Angeles Unified School Districts, another catastrophic failure, largest public sector union in the country. They all go vote Democrat and then the Democratic run state of California pays outrageous salaries, the test scores go down. 
they're no longer, there is no connection between the performance of the student and the teacher's salary. They can't be fired. It's, 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 it, it, the hardware system is broken. But I think a bigger issue is the software system. And this goes to the good news that we had a couple weeks ago with Scott Show, which is called um, Mississippi Shows, Shows Us How, where once they started to enforce um, standards in the Mississippi schools, the standards went up. The software problem is, is that in Baltimore, even the teachers, and maybe even especially the teachers, look at their students as uneducatable. And so since they're uneducatable, they make no effort to educate them. And this cycle has been going on for 40 or 50 years now. We're probably in three generations of kids who have come in with disadvantages in their learning and have simply had teachers say, well, since we can't teach them, we might as well just collect the check. The good news is, is that if you reverse the software, you're re you will reverse the results. We saw this in Mississippi where they started enforcing test standards. Teachers did better teaching. Students did better on the test. Administrators liked it because nobody wants to pay for that kid to do third grade a second time, and especially the kid. So when you look at this problem, you come again. I come back to this again and again. This guy needs to be on our money. But Booker T. Washington set the example in, in, in Tuskegee, Alabama, of taking slaves who had no education at all, zero, holding them to higher standards than the surrounding white schools, which, which they got about, the black schools got about two cents on the dollar for what Mississippi was, uh, or Alabama was spending on white schools. That's what they allocated to the black schools in the years after Reconstruction. And he held them to higher standards, and they, and they outperformed the white school kids. It's not a mystery. It's not hard to figure out. What's, what's hard to figure out is why the Republican Party and conservatives are not able to take these kind of numbers with these kind of experimental results and string these people up against a wall and hang them by their underwear until they begin to realize that these people who, they've, who, who the population of Baltimore, Detroit, Atlanta, Chicago, all of them have been told that this is your solution. How bad does it have to get? Well, I think the situation now is so bad that, that, that the people who are attending these schools and the parents of the people attending the schools have no idea what a real education is. They simply don't. And furthermore, if you're going to do nothing but distribute money to people, then the argument that you hear from students in schools like this your test scores are terrible, you don't know how to read, you will often hear, what do I need to know how to read for? I'm on welfare, my mom's on welfare, my grandma was on welfare, and her mother was on welfare. What do I need to learn how to read for? And you know what? That person's absolutely right. That's an intelligent person looking at the situation they're in. If we think we can continue with this forever, we're wrong. It's not just a question of our future as a nation competitively, it's a question of we cannot allow these kind of injustices and this festering problem, this ticking time bomb of people with no futures because they've never been told how to, to get one, we're going to have to solve this problem one way or another. And, and the numbers speak for yourself. Unfortunately, the people who these numbers mean the most to don't know what 11.4% actually means. That's the kind of trouble we're in. For Steve Green and Scott Ott, I'm Bill Whittle. Thanks for joining us. If this makes you feel bad, take a look at the um, Mississippi Shows Us the Way episode, uh, or Shows Us How, 
And uh, and if you want to really help, you can become a member at BillWhittle.com and keep these messages coming. We'll see you next time right here on Right Angle.